Welcome to the Mama Bear Apologetics Podcast. A podcast where we teach you to roar like a mother. And by roar, we mean recognize the message, offer discernment, argue for a healthier approach, and reinforce these ideas with your kids. Unless you want to growl around your house. I mean, that's cool too. <laughs> You're like, check it. We keep it reels. <laughs> that's so bad. You're awesome. Mama Bear Apologetics is a listener-supported program, so if you like what we do, head on over to the Mama Bear Apologetics website and click support. It's time to rise up, ladies. Rise up, Mama Bears. This might not affect your faith, but it might affect your children's. Hey, welcome to another episode of Mama Bear Apologetics. I'm Hillary. And I'm Amy. And so before we start in on our topic today, I just want to do a couple little housekeeping things or not really housekeeping. We have one announcement. So we got a, actually, I'm, I'm kind of worried. I'm like, when is this? I'm trying to remember when this episode is going to air. Hopefully it airs beforehand. Hopefully. On, on October 23rd and 24th, there's something called the Ambassadors Forum, where we have a really great lineup of speakers. It's an online virtual conference. It's not a lot of money. I think it's like seven fifty for adults and five for kids. And we have a, a mama good. bear code that if you use the mama bear code, uh, then your kids will get in for free, which we will include that in the show notes along with the link for registration. Uh, so that's the first thing. And then secondly, this is not something that we talk about a lot, but it's something that we need to start talking about a little bit more. And that is, if you really appreciate what Mama Bear does, can we ask you to uh, set up either a monthly donation or just a one-time donation that we have ladies that are working for basically for free. Almost all of us are working. Uh, the, the amount of money we get, it's like, you know, it's more of an allowance, wouldn't you say? <laughs> yeah. An actual salary. No one goes um, into ministry for the money, and but it does help with all of the background stuff of getting our videos edited, and yes. so so much get poured gets poured into the ministry. Yeah, everything we do gets poured into the ministry, mm -hmm. and so I, I think uh, there's so many ministries that have been around as long as we have um, are fully operational in their budgets, and I think it's just because they've gotten on that. So we're just asking you um, if you would consider just partnering with us if you really appreciate what we do. So anyway, without further ado, we are going to talk about something that is a huge thing that I think, I don't know, this isn't just for mama bears. This is for papa bears. This is for Christians. This is for non-Christians. I think it's for everybody. Um, and that is how to disagree agreeably. <laughs> Not a skill a lot of people have right at the moment. Nope, nope, not so much. Yeah. And so so that we're not just like saying, hey, we're going to talk about this. Let's look at what scripture says about our speech. So Amy, what are some of the verses that we looked at that kind of talk about how we are supposed to communicate with people and like the power that the tongue, basically our speech has? Yeah. So one of my favorites is Colossians 4, 6, and it's let your speech always be uh, gracious, seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. And I love that because it says that we're not supposed to compromise on truth. That's that mm -hmm. salt there, but we need to do it in a way to where we're gracious and we make, and we do it in a way that people want to come back and talk to us again. If you're just laying down the biblical hammer, people aren't going to come back. So the goal is to have that open door policy. Yes. And, um, and then the, the second one, of course, uh, it, it's a very long passage in James. It's James 3, 1 through 11. And I, the part that I like starts on verse 5, and it says, So too the tongue is a small part of the body, yet it has great pretensions. It's got great ability. It's considered the, the rudder of the ship. Think how small a flame such a huge forest ablaze. California folks, you know this. Yeah. And the tongue is fire. The tongue represents the word. 
of wrongdoing among the parts of our bodies. It pollutes the entire body and sets fire to the course of human existence and is set on fire by hell is how it finishes out. So, and everybody knows this. We've all had a time in our life where we've spoken and our mouth has just run away with us and you cannot take those words back. So it's just that re that affirmation of we have to be careful with what we say and we have to make sure that we're truthful and purposeful in what we say. Yeah. I remember that little adage when I was a kid, like sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. I, I remember even as a kid, I changed it when I said it to people. That sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will cut to my soul. Oh, <laughs> like, it's like, true, and words hurt. Yeah, they hurt. It's like what? Like, I've known people. I've known. I've known women who were in emotionally abusive relationships that have literally mm. said this phrase to me: "I wish he would just hit me." Oh goodness! It's this idea of you know, sticks and stones may break our bones. Sometimes we're like, you know what? That's preferable. I would rather have a broken bone than a broken heart right now. Mm. Um, yeah. So the way that we, our country is polarized in case you haven't noticed it. And like, I don't even <laughs> want to just say our country, we have mama bears from all over. We got South Africa and Germany mm-hmm. and Australia. So, I mean, I, I don't follow the news as much there. I followed some of the stuff going on in Australia and South Africa and your countries are basically hot up in flames as well. That people yeah. are polarized. It's like they are looking for reasons to disagree. And so we kind of want to give sort of a little handy dandy guide of, you know, just assuming that we're going to be disagreeing on things mm-hmm. like that should just be our assumption that we're going to be disagreeing. So how do we do it in a way that's uh, Christ-like, a way that recognizes the power of our, of our tongues and our speech and yet does it with gentleness and respect, which is what we are called to do. Because as mama bears, we always say you demolish the idea. You do not demolish the person. Right. Um, ideas. Yeah. Go to town on those, but we got to remember we're interacting with people as we're doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess, secondly, I would say that there seems to be a, one of the reasons with the polarization, uh, there's that phrase divide and conquer, right? Mm, yep. yep. So if we're in a spiritual battle, I, I think the enemy knows that one of the ways that he can, um, basically conquer is to get us divided first and man, He's, he's doing a great job right now. Gosh. And sometimes it's, it's, sometimes it's over these silly little things, but gosh, right now it seems, especially, I mean, you can't even turn on the news without even newscasters like trying to obliterate one another. Uh, And, uh, yeah, it's just that the goal isn't to, to actually figure out what the truth is or to come together and have unity. No, it's just, let's, let's get as divided as possible. So that way we can just wipe each other out. And that's, that's not what we need to need to be doing as, as Christians, we need to be um, affirming our differences. Absolutely. God made all things different. And I, I love that aspect. Um, but we also need to make sure that we're being unified around the important things, which mm-hmm. is if you've been doing, uh, your 12 at 12 or 10 to 12, um, then you, uh, then you know that we need to be unifying around the essentials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if there was, there's a lot of ways that we as Christians really need to be separating ourselves and saying, you know what the Christian worldview actually changes our lives. And I think the mm-hmm. way we dialogue could be one of those ways more than than anything more than just giving someone the gospel that they say this person's different. Um, I want to know more about what makes them. I mean, if they see everybody else flying off the handle and they see this person actually dialogues with me, you'd be surprised at how many um, atheists my husband just kind of collects that absolutely love him because <laughs> he's one of the few people that will dialogue with them. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we're going to go into some handy dandy tips on basically how to disagree with people. Um, and so. 
we're going to divide it into two kind of stages. First is understanding what they're saying. And then the second is interacting with what they're saying. So, um, Amy, what would you say first for understanding what they're saying? We're going to have two steps that start with listen. So tell us about the first one. Okay. So the first one is we want to make sure that we're listening to understand and not just to respond. We've all been around those people that they're just dying to tell you what they've, what they've heard, what they picked up on the podcast 20 minutes before they walk through the door. You know, it's, unless it was our podcast and that's great. They should tell you, you know, then, you know, there are some compromises (laughs) that are okay, but the goal is you want to make sure that you're understanding them rather than just responding. Because when you do that, for one, you're letting them know that you listen to them and Mm. people really value that. They really respond yeah. when you've actually said, okay, and they, you're thinking thoughtfully and you're asking them questions is uh, it just opens more doors. They don't have that reaction of, oh, this person just wants to verbally assault me. It's, yeah. oh, they actually want to understand. It's, it's just being courteous. Yeah. And, uh, and we want to make sure that we're not just trying to get the last word into, because then it doesn't even matter what we're saying. We are yeah. that clanging gong because we haven't done it in love. Yeah. So that's, that's the first one. The second one is also, we want to listen to, so that we can pick up on the things that we actually agree on. Yes. Again, it's not about the division aspect, dividing that, you know, the pull yourself apart, but you want to actually listen for those things that you can agree on because those are the things that help build bridges to even nurture the conversation further. Yeah. I think a lot of times people are so focused on what they disagree on that they forget. Yeah. Hey, we're agreeing on some things. Uh, um, so like for one of the examples we wanted to use for, for kind of some of these steps is some, some I, I don't know the full scope of everything that's going on. So don't take this as like a full political, you know, just an example. Everything. Yeah, it's just an example of where I see two people talking past each other. And that's mm. with the whole situation going on with separating kids from uh, the parents at the border. Mm. That people are very, very... How would you say? Polarized. Um, they're they're very uh, passionate about how yes, they feel passionate about it, and they're emotional about where mm-hmm. you stand yes. on this. So, if we're listening for things that can, we can agree on, again, uh, there's a phrase: it's clarity over agreement. That it, oh. you know, some, a lot of times you're not going to agree, but if you can reach clarity of mm-hmm. what they're saying and clarity of what you're saying, you know, what sometimes that's the best you can ask for. Um, right. And so. There's a lot of things, we'll just say in this debate, people on both sides, they are both mm-hmm. agreeing that children are important. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are both uh, agreeing that, you know, mercy is a good trait. They're both agreeing that um, protection. That families need to be kept together. Yeah, and, and protection. Yeah. There's all these ideas that they're agreeing on, but it's it's the mode. But we'll get, we'll get more into that in a little bit. Um, so when we say that we're aiming for clarity over agreement, um, mm-hmm. Let's think about uh, our last podcast, which was on linguistic theft, how sometimes people use the same words, but they mean different things. Yeah. Um, so an example of when they use a word that's like, mm, that could go both ways. Uh, you say, oh, what do you mean by, and kind of yeah. restate what they're saying. It's helping them, not only are you understanding what they're truly saying, but you're helping them to understand what they're truly saying. Because sometimes people are just repeating stuff that they've heard. Mm-hmm. And they don't even know, oh, yeah, what, what do I mean by that? Yeah, it's like clarity, questions? that second step of mm-hmm. trying to get deeper and just making sure that you understand, um, tying back into that understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like what are some other clarifying questions? Um, oh, gosh, what do you mean by that is huge. Uh, that's, that's the first one. one. I know. Um, and then even asking how can that apply to certain situations? Because mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of, uh, there's kind of this pity sort of military quote of, um, 
you know, all plans look good on paper until you get punched in the face, basically <laughs> meaning like it all, it's all great until you actually have to put it into practice. Uh-huh. And sometimes that clarity, when you can say, okay, I hear what you're saying, but wh- how would that work in this situation? When yeah. you can start putting it in context and within situations, all of a sudden, all those things that sounded really great, you say, oh, I'm, I'm seeing some holes here. I'm seeing some mm-hmm. problems. Or so. you do something that was this great idea. And then you're like, that went better in my head. Um, <laughs> Haven't we all said that at some point? It's like, oh, wow. Yeah, that, that could have gone that a lot better. That sounded better in my head than how it sounded. Yeah. But also, so um, also asking, and the, the, these are some of the things that you'll see in Greg Kokel's book on tactics mm-hmm. is, how did you come to that conclusion? Because I think yes. this is one of the people, ah, there's so many, we're, we're debating the wrong things. A lot of times yeah. we're debating uh, the conclusions instead of the premises. And usually mm-hmm. the disagreement is in the premises. And if you have a false premise, then you'll cut, you're going to have a false conclusion. Um, so it's just saying, oh, how did you come to that conclusion? Because there are assumptions. There are assumptions happening everywhere. Well, um, and I think sometimes there are people who they, they've come to that conclusion because kind of mean way to, well, not mean, but they've seen it on a bumper sticker, mainly like I've, I've, this sounds really good. I haven't thought about it, but you know what? I'm going to run with it. And sometimes how you came to that conclusion, it sort of exposes maybe those foundational weaknesses of, you know, maybe I haven't really thought through this well. And they have to explain themselves because we're, we're all entitled to uh, our opinions and coming to conclusions and that sort of things. But we also are responsible for backing up those conclusions, opinions, that sort. So you don't, you don't get, uh, you're not um, off the hook, so to speak, just because you say something that sounds great, you have to account for how you came there. Yeah. Um, so on my on my um, Instagram or on the Mama Bear Instagram, um, mm-hmm. I follow a lot of uh, different commentators um, who yeah. who just kind of you know speak about things, and a lot of times they'll be ones that have a short video. And there was one that Dennis Prager had that I thought was really interesting, and he was talking about the uh, the difference between making a decision because it feels good versus mm-hmm. making a decision because it does good. Oh, that's interesting. And so again, this would be something like where someone has come to a conclusion saying, this is what I think needs to happen. And you say, oh, how did you come to that conclusion? Sometimes you realize, well, it feels good to make that decision. Like, you know, saying, mm-hmm. I think every, we should give everyone a million bucks. That sounds great. <laughs> I would feel great knowing that I yeah. gave everybody a million dollars. Oh man, whew, that feels good. Yeah, that should yeah. be the policy. Okay, what does that do? Does that do good? Okay, now we're going to mm-hmm. start dealing with, you know, inflation. Now we're going to start mm-hmm. dealing with um, what do some of the people do with that money? Like, yeah, there's some people who do not use money for good or for, you know, things they they go out and they're like, whoo, they finally have their drug fix forever. Yeah. Um, so is it doing good, good mm-hmm. or does it feel good? And so asking them, how did you come to that conclusion might help expose some of these assumptions. I think also another great thing that clarity does is it actually, not in all cases, but in most cases, it can diffuse tension because mm. when you have someone who's more uh, emotional, so to speak, when you get their mind on thinking, on having to think through and account for something rather than on reacting, it yeah. can actually help diffuse tension. It's not, it's not a fail safe, <laughs> but uh, it's one of those to where if you start asking questions, sometimes people will start to calm down and think, okay, wait, how do I answer this person? Mm. Hopefully they do that. Yep. Yeah. Actually, that was something I remember when I was uh, doing first aid training, um, first responder training back when I was an athletic trainer. Uh, They were talking about how the real basic questions that you ask someone, say that like someone has gotten in a car accident and they're laying on the side of the road. You start asking them really basic questions like, what's your name? What did you have for breakfast? You know, what's the name of your pet? Stuff like that, because what they're, they're in, they're in something called fight or flight. 
Um, oh, I see. And so what that's doing is when someone's in fight or flight, it basically is the emotional center that's just <laughs> going crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it shuts down the rational thinking center. So when you start asking them little small questions that don't take a lot of thought, but take enough, you know, how old are you? How old's your mom? Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like that. It actually shifts the brain from being in that emotional center to being in the rational center. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a lot of these clarifying questions, as long as you ask them like legit questions, you, as you said, that it can help diffuse t- tension that's mm-hmm. why, because sometimes people are already expecting for you to disagree. So they're already starting to get to that yeah. emotional place. And this can actually take them back down out of that emotional place uh, into a place where you can have rational dialogue. Self-deprecating humor is amazing at this. Oh too. man, this humor is honestly, you got to have that in your back pocket. If you yeah. can make fun of yourself mm-hmm. or pull out a funny quote, I mean, I think they've done studies on this, that mm-hmm. it is, it is one of the best ways to diffuse tension. Yes. And gosh, if you can, if you can have that person chuckling over their dinner about something you said that can tie into be a, a, a spiritual truth, I mean, man, win for you. That's, that's just awesome. Yeah. There was, I I can't remember if this was in the book or if I said it on another podcast. Uh, There was this time when we were at a debate. It was um, Bible and Beer Consortium where we had an atheist and a Christian doing a debate. Yeah. And the air conditioning was out (laughs) in the building. No. And so, you know, in Texas, that's a big deal that it just kept getting hotter and hotter and hotter. But it's like, as the Q&A was going on, you could Mm -hmm. tell um, that people were just basically about to explode. And so I I leaned over to John. I, he was, John was about to get up and ask a question. I said, you have to diffuse the tension. Mm -hmm. And so he got up to him before he asked his question, he's like, well, we may not know where everybody lands on stuff, but I think we can all say we have a better idea of the theology of hell after (laughs) sitting here tonight. (laughs) That's great. Everybody started laughing because everybody was dying hot. And so people, it just made them laugh and you could feel the tension in the room go down. Brilliant. Yes. Um, so clarifying questions, diffusing tension. And then I have, um, we want to repeat back to them what they said. Cause a lot of times we hear what we think they're saying it's our, and mm-hmm. they hear what they think we're saying. It's like, yeah. we kind of have this idea of, Oh, I already know what they're going to say. That's, mm-hmm. that's back to the step one about listening to understand, not to respond. Cause if we think we already know what they're saying, then we're listening we're already to tuned respond. out. Yeah. We're already tuned out. So um, basically repeating back what they said to them, uh, and which means you have to give it a charitable interpretation. You have to mm-hmm. under, you, you don't give some, you know, you don't say, so basically you think we should all kill babies, you know, or something, <laughs> some, I don't know. Gotta what. love those straw men arguments. Oh yeah. Yeah. Something that's going to, of course, set them off. Um, I think there's mm-hmm. some meme of an inner, uh, of a interview with what's that guy that's into all the postmodernism stuff from Canada. Jordan Peterson. Um, It was some interview he did with someone that launched a thousand memes because every single question she said was, so what I'm hearing you say is, and then some super straw man something. (laughs) I didn't get to watch the real thing, but the memes were funny. Um, So yeah, uh, speaking back what they said and saying, did I get that right? And Mm -hmm. if you didn't get that right, oh, okay, could you clarify the area that I got it right? Make sure that you do not respond until you have repeated what they have said so that you know, and they know that you understand their position. A person who feels like you don't understand their position doesn't want to understand your position. They want to keep talking louder and louder until you fully understand what they're saying, because, you know, that's why they talk louder. You didn't get it before. You have to get it. And, and this is what we're trying to avoid. 
And so actually understanding what they're saying is a really great way. <laughs> and sometimes that process. Yeah. And you'd be surprised sometimes by you just faithfully repeating back what they've said. Sometimes that'll trip something in their head. They're like, oh, wait, is that how that sounds? And they're yeah. oh, hold on. Wait, let me rephrase. You'd yeah. be surprised at how many times that can actually get them thinking because I mean, we've all been there, right? Where we've, we've said something and we've kind of rehearsed it in this great tone. We put the pauses in it. sounds so good until we hear somebody else say it. We're like, Ooh, that isn't, or you had that. You had some idea in your head. Like maybe you think of one certain type of freedom, a person saying, I think people should be able to do whatever they want to do. And you're thinking Mm -hmm. of this one specific situation. And so the person says back, let me get this straight. You're saying that you think people should do, be able to do whatever they want to do. And then it's Mm -hmm. like, Oh yeah, I see there might be some problems with that statement. I hear, I hear that now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I hear what you're saying. So yeah, so mm-hmm. uh, did I get it right? Clarifying any terms and repeating it back until you they agree that you've gotten it right. So yeah. all of this goes into understanding the message, understanding what they're saying. Because again, we are going for listening first. We're going for clarity over agreement. That is our goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then second, we're going to respond to the message because this, again, this podcast is on how to disagree well. So we're assuming that you're disagreeing here. Um, So when we interact with the message, so what we want to do, and this is also kind of in the roar in the, the, the roar method that we talk about in the mama bear apologetics book is you want to start with things that you can agree on Mm -hmm. because everybody wants to focus on where you disagree. So what problems, what legitimate problems are they identifying? Mm -hmm. Because most of the time there's a legitimate problem that they're identifying. And if you don't dignify that problem, then they're going to assume that you can't see the same problems that they do. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, what values are they holding to? Um, Do you agree with those values? They might have a lot of values that you totally agree with, but maybe you think, well, I think the values are disordered. Like you're prioritizing this when this needs to be the priority. Um, And so finding what those are. And so to interact with it, again, you're listening for that. And then for the disagreement, we're going to do what uh, we call an affirmation sandwich. (laughs) Um, So in an affirmation sandwich, you're going to state what you agree with first. Uh, And so this is, I think uh, we were going to give this example for the people talking about kids uh, being separated from their families at Mm -hmm. the border. Because I think we can all agree that, uh, or uh, well, I'll just pretend that I'm responding to someone and say, oh yeah, I hear what you're saying. Man, I got separated from my parents when I was young and I was at, well, I got one when I was at, at Disney World and it was terrifying. I can't imagine. Uh, yeah, that was horrible. I would never want to go through that again. You're acknowledging the problem that they see, yeah. that, that this is traumatizing to kids to be separated. Mm-hmm. So first you're going to state with you, what you agree with and then state the problem that you're identifying, which um, doesn't seem to be acknowledged or solved with their position. So at that point, mm-hmm. you might say something like, you know, I agree. Yeah. Separating from kids from families. That's so scary. You can say, however, one of the things I've noticed is that they were saying there was a lot of kids coming through who weren't with their parents. Mm-hmm. And um, in fact, this is a situation that's just ripe for sex trafficking. So mm. man, I, that, that's kind of where my heart is. It's, you know, I have a friend who was sex traffic, uh, trafficked. Um, and it, it was because she went over, actually Lindsay Medenwalt has a friend who, um, had sex trafficking. And when they took her over the border into Canada, it's kind of like, she wishes that someone had separated her so that she could have said something. Yeah. Um, so yeah, 
So ask them, how, how, how do you suggest that they make sure that these kids are with their parents and, and not with someone who's trafficking them? Because again, I totally understand we don't want to separate kids from their parents, but how would we solve this problem? So our, our, what we're doing there is we're stating what we agree with. We're state the problem that we're identifying that doesn't seem to be identified with their position. Their position might be we should never separate families. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're restating our affirmation and then asking them, how would you solve this problem? Um, and what I love about that whole process is it affirms the dignity of both positions. Yeah. Because I think when you're dialoguing, it's so easy to start attacking one another. I mean, we see that all the time on the news and everything. And we forget that the other person is a human being and yeah. that they have this dignity. So I, I like how this affirmation sandwich affirms the dignity of both sides to where yeah. folks can say, okay, no, this actually is worth considering. And I'm not just attacking you just to win. Yeah. And I would say that one of the things that people are are doing with like dignifying both positions, uh, especially right now, things are always being phrased in. And I think it really is true. Everybody's trying to protect something. Yeah. And it's like, what or who are you trying to protect? And is my protection of this person harming another? And if, if that's the case, then I can affirm, yes, these people need to be protected. However, have you thought about how that affects these people and then mm-hmm. asking like agreement questions. Do, do we agree that um, this also needs to be protected or this person or this group of people? Can we agree that they also need to be protected? How do we come, uh, how do we create a system that protects these people and these people? So again, mm-hmm. it's dignifying both the positions. Yeah. It's recognizing that they're probably trying to protect different things or different people and then saying, how can we meet and make both of these goals at the same time? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Well, and and naturally, with any conversation, you're going to have issues that creep in. So you've got some <laughs> troubleshooting that you've gotten uh, that you have to do. And one of the first ones, Hillary, you've probably experienced this, is interrupting. <laughs> I mean, I, I never I, do that. Like, ever. I no, I wasn't calling you out. That's so funny. Okay, so I gotta. Uh, if y'all ever see me anywhere, don't tell my husband I said this. My husband has a guilty pleasure, and his guilty pleasure is like ladies' talk shows. To where if he's got the day off from work, you can bet the view is going to be on TV. Now that show drives me crazy no. because they don't listen to each other. It's like one starts talking, the other is insulted by whatever, and they. And I'm getting riled up just thinking about it. It's so. not just the ladies. I got to say, back when I uh, lived with my parents, I don't know if this is still a show, but Hannity and Combs. Mm-mm. Didn't grow up watching that one. I had to leave the room when they were on because it was just, they would not allow each other to finish. And I'm like, this is what we're putting out there is like a great <laughs> dialogue. Like it made, it, I mean, it made me full on angry. Mm. Um, but I, I will have to say with interrupting, know when you're t- talking to a person with ADD because <laughs> you have a tendency <laughs> to interrupt. Sometimes it's because our brains are moving so fast or sometimes it's, you know, we'll forget if we don't say it or sometimes it's just because, yeah, we don't lack that same kind of control. If we're excited, if, I, if I'm, especially if I'm, I'm, I'm excited, all, all bets are off. <laughs> Social and, cues, just go out the window. Interrupting is one of the things that drives my husband nuts. So I get to hear about it. I need to finish. <laughs> Let me finish my statement. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Sorry. And, and no, that's perfect because that's exactly how, we, how to handle that situation. Mm-hmm. And that's a great way of discerning whether or not their interruption 
is because they're really excited. They're like a little jazzed up Pomeranian or if it's <laughs> them just being completely rude. So mm-hmm. if, if you are trying to get across your point and the person keeps interrupting, the easiest thing to do is just very politely say, you know what? I, I want to hear your position because I want to hear what you're saying. I want to make sure I understand it, represent you well. And so that way we can discuss about that. I would really appreciate it if you would please extend me the same courtesy. Give me one sec. Let me finish my thoughts and then feel free to go at them. Yep. You know, um, it's just, uh, it, sometimes people need to be reminded of that. And if you're dealing with a polite person more than like, they'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. I was just super excited. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it's really easy to, to sort of diffuse that. Yeah. So yep. I, I don't know. Have, have you ever, I've had to do that one time. It, um, it, well, not one time. It, there was an instance I just remember. Once? I was, That's amazing. Just <laughs> once. No. And I'm, I'm thinking in, in particular of like in person, uh, to where I was working in our hazardous materials warehouse, which sounds really cool, but I was just giving out mainly printer cartridges most of the time. <laughs> so not as romantic as what it sounds. Um, and we were having this discussion and one of my, uh, one of the other sergeants there would just constantly go out and I would just hold on hold on. And so, and usually they're good. And he was, and he was like, Oh, sorry, sorry. But there was a, there was another instance to where, no, he didn't want to listen. He just wanted to charge through. He wasn't going to hear. And when someone is doing that, that's a signal that the conversation mm, it's over. You know, Mm -hmm. they're, they're not there to have a conversation. That's they've gone into lecture mode. They're just here to tell you and they'd be like, okay, all right. Thanks. Um, if you ever want to talk to or later, you know, hit me up. So sometimes if someone's gone into lecture mode and it's clear that they're not interested in having a conversation, don't exacerbate it by just getting up and walking away. Mm -hmm. Um, let them finish their rant. So John knows when he's done this to me, cause I'll get real quiet. And then he realizes I I keep talking. She's not even (laughs) trying to interact. So, um, sometimes you just let them say their piece and then you say, okay. And then, kind of walk away and that's fine. (laughs) Um, There's a way of graciously doing it where the person actually, instead of you doing something to flaunt it in their face, like you were Mm -hmm. so rude, you did this Mm -hmm. and then it like creates more flames that you just kind of roll over, let them finish their piece and then just say, okay, well, I'll I'll talk to you later. And they, a lot of times that's convicting to them. They're like, oh, I really just did bull that person over Mm. and you're not having to say anything. And, um, so it's, it's like, it is kind of a way of standing up for yourself, but at the same time, it's, it's standing up for yourself in a way that you don't get involved in the same problem. It's kind of, uh, my, my friend Janet has a phrase. She'll just point at something and say, not my circus, not my monkeys. Oh, that's Um, hilarious. (laughs) And so when someone's getting all riled up, sometimes I just pull away. I'm like, not my circus, not my monkeys. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that protects me and it kind of makes it clear to them and unless they like, are like, Oh, I really stuck it to her. Then, you know, yeah. let them think what they want. Who cares? Yeah. You just want to act in a way to where they can't mm-hmm. cast stones at you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the next one is we, uh, we kind of have two different takes on this depending on a ten- mm-hmm. um, depending on intention. The first one is what I call Doug syndrome and Hillary's got one called stump the chump. So, uh, the next troubleshooting one is uh, called Doug syndrome. If you've ever seen the Disney movie Up, Doug is like this adorable fat. Oh, like, that's who like, we're talking about. The dog. Yeah, the dog. Okay, to where yeah. he's, okay so if you've ever seen what it, a golden retriever, I think is what he is. So he's, mm-hmm. he's super sweet. He's a little dopey. He'll be talking and then all of a sudden squirrel and he's off running completely sidetracked. Oh. Now, if the, if this is just kind of a, 
I, I call it kind of harmless. This is just people who are a little on the scattered side to where they're <laughs> fired up about a discussion. You're talking about it and all of a sudden something else pops in their head and they've got a philosophical squirrel that they're going to go running after. And it's completely different from the original conversation you started with. Yep. So that's kind of a harmless take for those type of folks. You kind of listen to them and be like, okay, that's a great question. What we were talking about though was this. So if it's all right, let's focus back on what this is. We'll handle it and then we'll get to that. I would say it's just I, this redirect. Like that's that's a really interesting thing, but I'm not sure how it in how it how it uh, pertains uh, pertains yeah. to what we were talking about here, which was mm-hmm. blah 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 blah. And I've done that before. Like, oh, yeah. that's really interesting. I'm not sure how it pertains to what we were just talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they'll, and most of the time they'll say that, like, oh, sorry, I'm yeah. squirrel. You know, so, I mean, I've, I've said that myself, just, oh, squirrel, it's okay. We'll just ignore that one. Or sometimes you'll have someone, like my husband makes connections in his head so immediately that it's like, you know, he went from A to B to C to E to, you know, F. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. he starts talking about F. I'm like, hold on, what does that have to do with this? He's like, oh yeah, I forgot you weren't following the, you know, and he has the to crazy train. Yeah, you weren't following the crazy train. I'd never say, well, <laughs> I don't think he thinks it's crazy. It's just, it's a blessing that he, he never have all these connections, but sometimes he doesn't take people along with him on the journey. <laughs> um, and so I just have to lovingly say, oh, you take me with you on that journey. Um, so that's the stump. I mean, that's the, the Doug syndrome. So there's yeah. another type that's called stump the chump. And that is right. the person to where they are looking for a disagreement mm-hmm. and, or they're looking for some piece of information that you don't know. And so basically mm-hmm. they'll ask question after question after question and just, you know, keep bringing up example after example yeah. for either trying to make you shut down. Cause sometimes it's called steamroller technique and uh, technique steamroller yeah. is like, you just present them with so much stuff. That's like, you don't even, I don't even, I don't even know which argument to start addressing right now. Cause there was like 30, you just like gave it me. <laughs> um, and, uh, basically whatever question that you can't answer or whatever thing you're not educated on. And that's the one they want to talk about. It's, uh, it's gotcha. Yep. 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 They're just trying to basically make a point. Um, and I would say it's okay to extricate yourself from those situations in a, a loving and graceful way. Um, you can say, well, we can pick, uh, okay, you, you just said a whole lot of stuff. So um, could you state it again and tell me which one of those is your, your biggest priority? And let's stick with mm-hmm. that one first. Yeah. Um, and this is actually a really great thing to do on um, Facebook. And I, I wish more people did this where someone's having a conversation on Facebook, but they want to bring in the 10 things that are wrong with this person's position Mm -hmm. instead of let's pick one thing wrong with the position or one problematic area and let's focus on that first. And then once we get that one hacked up, then we can move on to the next one. But I mean, honestly, this is how productive conversation occurs. So we're we're not looking for just conversation or how to disagree. Well, we want it to be productive. Mm and the stump the chump, he's not into the, that type of person isn't into no. solving something or figuring out or having some sort of spiritual growth. They're just trying to shoot you down basically. So they're going to keep, um, it's also called moving the goalposts. They're going to keep asking questions, especially if you've answered something well and mm-hmm. you know, they're going to have to respond. Well, all of a sudden, Oh, well, what about this? Well, yeah. what about this? And they're just going to keep trying to find a mine for you to step on because that's, that's all they're interested in is seeing you destroyed. So those type of folks, it's no problem just to pull back because mm-hmm. again, they're not interested in conversation and growth. They're just interested in uh, being able to talk about you next lunch, being like, I totally destroyed this person or making so. you look foolish. So there's this, yep. there's, is this one guy um, that I don't interact with anymore. And it bothers me when I see him interacting with some of my apologist friends because they fall for it every time. And this isn't like a formal fallacy, but I call it chasing the tail 
what mm. happens is they'll say a position uh, or they'll, they'll make a statement like on Facebook and then he'll come in and he'll take part of it and he will purposely misunderstand it. So then the uh, person feels the need, oh, I need to clarify this. Yeah. And then when they clarify that, then he'll pick something else to purposely misunderstand. Mm. And so basically there's not a conversation happening and it looks like he's trying to understand what he's saying, but yeah. he's purposely always misunderstanding what they're saying. So they're always having to defend the statement instead of actually being able to talk about an issue. Basically, mm. there's no progress. There's no growth. He could have very easily understood what their position was from that initial statement. But instead, he it's like a game. He makes them chase yeah. their tail. And I'm just like wasting their time, just wasting their time. So I just mm. I don't go there. I don't I don't chase my tail. And then finally, sometimes you just straight up need to get out of the conversation. And yeah. this is where we were talking before about fight or flight. Mm-hmm. that when someone gets in a really emotional position or an emotional and agitated state, right. um, the conversation's over. Um, yeah. It's like you might try to diffuse it. If it doesn't look like it's diffusing and they're staying mm-hmm. there, that's when you just kind of need to back away slowly. Yeah. Uh, and, um, yeah, you can, you can do so in a way that, that keeps the door open too. If you've yeah. got, if you're active on social media, be like, okay, I, I see right now we're just, we're super fired up. And how about, you know, we just take a breather here. You can reach me at whatever your Twitter handle is or yeah. give them your email. I don't necessarily recommend, recommend cell phones unless you actually know the person because you might get signed up for some phones. weird stuff, <laughs> but, but, um, but do it in a way that's gracious and kind leaves the door open for future conversation because they just might be an emotional person yeah. to where, you know, after they've had a day or two to cool down, they're like, okay, I feel really foolish. Let me just reach out to this person. Who knows? You may never hear yeah. from them, you might, you know, a year down the road, two weeks yeah. down the road, you never know. Or sometimes I was talking with this one guy once that uh, he was a coworker of ours and he just kept getting louder and louder and louder. And finally I said, why are you yelling at me? And he goes, that's a good idea. Or that's a good question. <laughs> it's like, as he would yell, that's a good question at me. And then you could see him kind of, okay, let's calm down here. And he, it was like, he was getting all painting yeah. a bunch there and he didn't even realize. So, you know, I think that person must've been a Davison at one point. Cause my, my husband's side of the family, they are like the passionate yellers. And I'm like, why is everybody yelling? Yeah. Are they, Oh, I can't say that. <laughs> like everything's racist now. I'm like, are they Italian? No, <laughs> no, no. They're just loud. <laughs> That's funny. I apologize to any Italians out there. But Um, yeah, it's good just to notice when things are getting out of control. And you can usually tell there's tension in the room. The people aren't thinking through stuff. You ask them a question and they're just emotionally flipping out. Just, okay, time to pull back. Also, if it's turned into a mob thing, if it's not a one-on-one conversation, you've got all, you know, his eight friends chipping in and they're trying to ask you stuff. Uh Uh-uh, you're in a mob situation that could, that can get out of hand. Not necessarily saying violence, but I highly doubt there's going to be a lot of good enriching dialogue. If you've got, you know, eight people jumping all over you. Yeah. So and, and and again, saying something just positive, anything mm-hmm. to be like, I see you're really passionate about this. And it's, you know, it's great to see people who are passionate um, about what yeah. they believe in. I'm, I'm going to go over here now. <laughs> 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 I'm just going to slowly go over here. Uh, and if they keep following you say, oh, that's great. I, I don't think I want to talk about this anymore. This is feeling, this is feeling attacking. Put it on yourself. I'm, mm-hmm. this feels attacking to me. This, or, or not even attacking to say this feels overwhelming is it, can I have permission to take myself out of the conversation? And actually this is something that's good for marriages that John Mm. and I do that if a conversation never gets too heated, Mm. either one of us has full right to say, 
I'm feeling overwhelmed and I can't handle this right now. But whoever it is, say, and can I get out, can we stop this conversation? But whoever does that, it is their responsibility to actually plan the time for, can we plan to talk about this at X time? And so they have to be the ones to follow up to actually continue that conversation. Now, you don't want to do that with some random dude or a mob or anything, but um, yeah, just uh, extricating yourself is totally okay. Yeah. So I just want to, let's see, we had a lot there. So let's review a little bit before we close up. Um, So first off, we had um, how to disagree well. First is we're understanding the message. And the next is we're interacting with the message. So to understand Mm -hmm. the message, we're listening for the goal of understanding, not responding. Uh, we're listening also for the goal of what can we agree with, um, agree mm-hmm. on between each other. Uh, ask clarifying questions. Make sure you really know what they're saying. Uh, repeating it back to them to make sure that you're understanding clearly. And once you have that clarity, now you can start in on your disagreement. You start out with the things that you agree on. And that can be, you know, motives or values or a problem that you say, yeah, I see that problem. That's a big problem. And then you use your affirmation sandwich. You state what you agree with first. Uh, You state the problem that you're trying to address. Restate your affirmation for them. And then maybe ask them, how would you suggest that this problem that I'm seeing would get solved? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and then we had our troubleshooting for (laughs) how to get away from from, uh, people where it doesn't seem like the conversation is being very productive. Yeah. And all of these folks, these are all things that have to be cultivated, just like patience. Uh, I mean, and good dialogue and disagreeing requires so much patience and self-control. You got to keep the emotions. Yes. You got to keep the emotions in check. You have to be actively listening, asking these questions. They're, Mm -hmm. they're so great. They're so important. And unfortunately, not only adults, but kids aren't being encouraged on how to dialogue well and how to disagree well. So practice this with your kids at home. If you, I mean, you won't have to wait long with children. It's awesome. They (laughs) fight about the craziest stuff and just kind of act as a mediator at some point, help, help prompt them on asking good questions and what they can affirm and that sort. I mean, it's, it's great because they'll, they will, they'll start using it in their own lives. And it's just awesome when you can see that. Yep. I I would say I would recommend uh, one of our previous videos, the, on the daily discipleship video, we talked about an exercise, especially if you have younger kids and shoot, if you do this when they're younger, I'd say keep doing it when they're older, because if they're not having a good conversation, you'd be like, well, you're going to act like a child. I'll treat you like a child where you sit and you get a ball and you put them, you know, say, okay, the person who has the ball gets to talk. I'm going to state my position. You roll the ball to the other person. Mm -hmm. The other person has to restate what they think you said. And they say, was that correct? Roll it back. And the person can say either, yes, that was correct. Or no, it was not correct. And restate it, roll it back. You know, it's basically doing the same thing, but it gives them something tangible of, uh, of, kind of like, this is what a back and forth conversation looks like. It's like a ball Mm. rolling back and forth between us. Um, And this is how conversation works. And I think if we could start getting our kids to understand that as young as possible, I'll tell you what, that right there is going to separate them from the rest of their peers in a really, in a good way. Yeah, in a positive way. In a positive way. Just make sure they're not angry. Otherwise, the ball's going to get whipped at someone's head. (laughs) (laughs) Then you got to start all over. (laughs) I'll give you something to disagree about. Yeah, exactly. Here's my thoughts. Yeah. Okay. Um, So, so yeah, that's on how to disagree well. So, Amy, will you pray us out? Absolutely. 
Father, we are so grateful to come together and to learn how to disagree well, because you gave us minds, Lord. You gave us minds to consider ideas, to consider others, to think well on these things. And the only way that we can take down bad philosophies is with good philosophy, Lord. So I just pray for all of our mamas and papa bears out there that you will help them to model good disagreeing, good disagreement to where they, uh, whether it's with each other, family members, whatever that may be, that their kids start to see their parents putting this in to practice and that you will give them opportunities that they will be able to help their kids practice this as well. So that way their children can grow up to be reasonable, rational adults who not just shut down uh, their emotions because we don't want that turned off, but we want them to be able to interact with, with their thoughts and their feelings well. So we just pray for that, Lord. We pray for this upcoming season of, of holidays and politics and all the all the stuff that family brings, Lord. It just it's it's ripe opportunities to be able to put this into practice. So I just pray, Lord, that you will help them to come to cultivate nurturing relationships so that we can honor you not only in the things that we are united, but in the things that we are divided over. In your holy name, Lord. Amen. Amen. This has been a Mama Bear Apologetics recording. To learn more about Mama Bear Apologetics, please visit us on the web at www.mamabearapologetics.com. We hope you learned a little more about how to sift through ideas, accept the good, reject the bad, and now you can go teach your kids to do the same. Do you have any questions or maybe some ideas about future podcast episodes? Send us an email to askthemamabears at gmail.com and we'll do our best. Rise up, ladies. Rise up, mama bears. We are all in this together.